We are the Marcelin Brothers, and this is the Marcelin Brothers Podcast, MBP for short. We are here to share our story and to contribute our thoughts about everyday topics in life. Time to sit back, relax, and get ready for the MVP attack. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Today is July 5th, 2019, and if you are listening or watching, you are listening or watching to the Marston Brothers Podcast. Hello! What's going on? Happy 4th of July for those of you guys who are tuning in. It's July 5th. It's, we're still celebrating America's birthday. Ah, it was a great, great, great celebration. What we did you got, do for the 4th of July? We got M squared today. We've got myself and we've got Christopher here. And this is a different Christopher that you've probably seen before because this Christopher has reached a milestone. So why don't you share with the MVP crew what's been going on with you since the last time you were on this podcast and what you're doing now? Well, this is probably the first podcast in at least six months that you guessed it if you guys are watching tuned in um, to the actual video. I'm actually in my own house. I know. I know. Very weird. Wow. At like home, I didn't I thought your house relaxing. had desks behind and that there were sirens that were in the background and people walking back and forth and and there's and people wearing scrubs. shirts. Yeah. And I just always wear scrubs. Yeah. Nope. I have officially finished training. So I am done with residency. Yes, yes, yes. It's a great feeling. My certificate came. I am officially donezos. I have all my certifications. I turned in my ID badge to all the various hospitals maybe last week. Now if I go back to the hospital, I need to show my ID and get a guest pass. And I'm a visitor. So with your training being done, why don't you tell us what that means? So that means I am done being a resident physician, and I am a full-fledged, big attending doctor. Well, congratulations. No more training wheels. Congratulations. Congratulations. It's been a long time coming, and I am so proud of you. And everything that you've done has been able to be manifested into this opportunity that you have now with being finished with your residency. So congratulations, my man. Thank you. Thank you. So we will definitely make sure we will completely celebrate because tomorrow we will be hosting your graduation party at the house. So I am definitely looking forward to being able to have you come out and enjoy yourself at this party and not having to worry about doing a 24-hour call, not having to worry about having to leave soon. You are officially done and we are looking forward to parting with you tomorrow. Oh, yes. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. So, Christopher, since you just mentioned 4th of July, tell us a little bit about how your 4th of July went. Oh, you know, uh, definitely had it at your house. You had a nice little get-together. Um, I was completely the guest. I showed up after all the food was cooked. Um, <laughs> you were over there working hard on that grill, grilling burgers, chicken, hot dogs. I showed up just in time to get into the pool completely be a guest, hang out in the pool, and then get out with just enough time to eat. It was 
wonderful, relaxing 4th of July at its best. You got a nice little setup back there. You might have to start charging people an entrance fee. Look, it was kind of the plan because, you know, it's kind of, I always heard all the aunties saying it's time for you to pay it forward and feed the village. So we watched them doing that for so long. So it's just awesome to be able to have a place where we could provide that same thing for the family. So it's one of the things that Lee and I enjoy doing. And we're just glad that we were able to have the whole family. And then I think one of the more fun opportunities and times was when we were able to see all of our kids playing with each other. They're in a the pool. They're all sitting down, eating their goldfish in the water, hanging out, having fun, building relationships, kind of like what we did with our cousins. So I'm glad that we're being able to do that with the next generation. Speaking of hanging out and talking, I just want to take uh, this time to give a shout out to our number one MVP fan. Yes, 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 uh, yes, yes. Jenny reyes Piard. Um, I was approached by her. She told me about all the episodes that she listened to and how much she enjoyed it. So I just wanted to give a shout out. If anyone else wants a shout out, go ahead and contact us via our different social media platforms and just let us know how much you love the show and we'll give you a shout out in the next episode. Go, Jenny. Yes. yes, Jenny, you are awesome. And you need to tell your husband that if he could be just a fraction of the awesomeness as you, then he'd be okay. So I think we're taking you. If you have to choose between you and him, I think both of us have our money on you. <laughs> so again jenny thanks for being our number one fan shout outs to you everybody so next time jenny when you're listening and you hear the shout out you can tell all your other friends that you had a shout out on the mvp crew and this is going to be something that you hear forever so we appreciate the fans we appreciate the love keep on showing your support jenny and we do this for fans like you so thank you jenny for listening and letting us know how much you appreciate it because this is what makes us keep on going so thank you jenny all right with that being said it's been about five minutes let's see since you know you are now finished with your residency let's have you take this first story so again for those of you who are new to listening to the mvp what we usually do is we listen to current events and we give our take on our current event that we are speaking of and then at the end we try to leave the audience with some gold nuggets that they can leave with so without further ado christopher why don't you talk to us about the article that you chose so just to backpedal a little bit um it's officially been about one week since i finished up residency um <laughs> it's a very crazy week i've been at home studying for boards watching tv relaxing with my wife and we started watching this new TV show series on Netflix. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. Black Mirror? No. Have you heard of it? So basically, um, yeah, we love Netflix. No commercials. I mean, if Netflix wants to give me a free subscription for giving them a shout out, I will gladly advertise for them every single day. There you go. But, um, this podcast today is being sponsored by Netflix. So please, Netflix, give us some cash. I wish. Um, so basically, Black Mirror is kind of like this generation's version of Twilight Zone. So I don't know if also for some of those listeners out there that are pretty young and aren't familiar with Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone was a older show. I can't remember if it was the 80s. Basically, it would just be kind of a clip. Uh, every episode was an individual episode. And it would kind of be in like the alternate reality, kind of like space, sci-fi, just a bunch of weird stuff going on. So, of course, 
that's easy to catch your attention. Uh, it's just like it, except it's modern. And a lot of it, the, the theme I get, a lot of it has to do with technology. And it's kind of drawing artistic parallels with some artistic license to how kind of someone sees how our generation is now and kind of what we're lining up to do in the future. So just all sorts of crazy episodes where just technology is advanced to the max. The last episode I saw, I won't give away any spoilers, but pretty much the premise of it was, do you guys know what Alexa is? I'm sure everyone knows what Alexa, Siri, those type of home um, tools that kind of are smart homes, homes. That's the hub for it. So you could tell it to turn your lights on. You could tell it to turn your lights off. You can tell it also to turn the AC down to whatever temperature you want. So with this episode, it blew my mind is they had um, you actually going for a surgical procedure. They put a chip into your brain. And for two weeks, the chip just records and it records your brain function or whatever. And they do a procedure. They take the chip out and then they put the chip into this device. And then from the whole time, you're getting it through the person who's having surgery's perspective. But then kind of they flip the script and you find out it's not the person who had the surgery. It's kind of their version of Alexa. So what they do is the chip copies you and reads your brainwave for a couple of days. And then it thinks it is you. And then they put it into a device like Alexa. And then you don't even have to ask Siri or Alexa what you want done because it knows you because it is you. So it knows exactly what time you want to get up how you like your breakfast made. It controls your house for you without you even having to do it. So they, obviously they have twists and what can go wrong. And it's never usually a happy ending. It's always something crazy that goes wrong. And I saw this article. <laughs> and it made me oh. want to get this article. Oh, basically, geez. basically, it's talking about um, Nintendo. And Nintendo is a video game company. They've been around since before I was born, coming up with video games, and just they're talking about how they want to keep up with the times, keep up with technology, and they're always looking for the next big thing, and kind of now they want to switch to cloud. Cloud is basically a server that houses information that's in a centralized location, and they're looking at changing their games from individual consoles to kind of being housed in the cloud to where you can pick it up and play it anywhere. So I just saw the article. I thought it was nice. I thought it was fun. I thought it was cool that people are always looking to the future, but kind of in the back of my mind, Black Mirror popped into my head and I was like, uh-oh, technology, what type of crazy things are going to happen with that and to see how far we can go. I remember Nintendo, Nintendo, Super Nintendo. I remember those days to where we are now. It's crazy. I'm waiting to see how you're going to parallel this whole, you know, A-L-E-X-A, because I don't want to say her name out loud because then she's going to wake up to this Nintendo thing. So show me how you're going to merge these two things together. Nope, that was it. That was just my, my <laughs> take on it. It was just the fact that they're looking for new technology. And I literally just watched it maybe a day or two ago, and it's still on my mind. I'm still thinking about it all the time. Black Mirror is a good show. You guys should listen to it or watch it. It's very out there. All right, so tell us about this Nintendo story. 
So that was pretty much it, is that they wanted to switch to the cloud gaming. They're looking for the future. They want to keep up with their competitors, PlayStation and Xbox. And they're the only ones that currently don't have any cloud games or cloud technology right now. And they're working on advancing to keep up with the times. They realize that if they don't adapt and keep up with the competition, they're going to be pushed out of the market. So they're doing a good job of staying relevant, realizing that there's a void in their market and trying to address the situation. Do you think they're really keeping up? Because, again, when you hear Nintendo, I think our generation knows Nintendo. We kind of see it as, you know, the ultimate gaming system. I mean, I know you and I, when we were growing up, we were Team Nintendo for the longest. We had a Nintendo and a Super Nintendo and... You know, we didn't really do the whole PlayStation and everything else until, you know, way after the fact. But nowadays, kids don't really know about Nintendo. So, I mean, they, well, they have the Switch, I think, is one of the things that they've got. But look at this handheld. But even with that, nowadays, when you look at kids who play, they play on their iPhone. They just play these free you know, games that are downloaded from their iPhones. So I don't really see kids nowadays walking around with Nintendos and Switches and Game Boys and stuff like the, how it used to be back in the day. I don't think it's like back in the day because now there's competition. Back in the day, it was Game Boy was it. I don't... If there was another handheld... It was like the Sega one, thing, I think. I might not even have remembered it. No, it was like a, there was like a Sega one. I think they're doing a pretty good job of realizing, listen, we're too far behind to catch up to PlayStation, Sony, and Xbox. Um, They realize that that's more of a mature crowd. Their go-to games are more kid-friendly, so they, I feel like they've sidestepped for a minute. I thought they were almost going to go out of business, and they were going to give their games away. I remember Sega had, I might be mixing up consoles, but they kind of took a step back, and they realized, listen, they assess their market, they realize that they have a younger crowd, and they're focusing on the handheld games. They don't really have a centralized gaming system. I mean, their centralized gaming system is based off of when you have the Switch at home to put it on a big screen TV. And I think we're just not around the age group of kids that this is marketed towards. I think we're either around really, really young kids, which are our age, kind of three and below, or older kids about 17 and up. I feel like the 17 and up crowd is leaning towards your Sony and your Microsoft. And it's just that in-between niche, probably 7 to 15 is more focused with the Nintendo crowd. So I definitely think they do have a following. A little bit more specialized. It's not as broad or our definition of a video game system like Microsoft or Sony. Yeah, because, again, do kids nowadays know about Mario? I mean, that's Mario is the face of Nintendo. And, you know, back in the day, everybody knew Mario. But nowadays, you know, will a kid know who Mario is? Especially when you have the Sonys and you've got the Xboxes of the world. And, you know, Mario, there's not like a Mario TV show or anything like that where they can kind of have them be able to partner with Nickelodeon or... Cartoon Network or even Disney so that they can try to have their product into the consoles. So I feel like 
that's the big thing that they need if they want to have these this younger generation to be able to see who they are. Like the younger generation, they know about Mickey Mouse. The younger generation knows about you know all of these different characters that you can buy off of Sony, but they don't really have that. Like you don't hear Sonic the Hedgehog and all these different things anymore. Yeah, those used to be right. TV shows. You're right. I agree. I think they're still kind of going off of the nostalgia from our generation also maybe to buy it for their kids and to push to that's what kids. i was gonna say i think because it's just once eli gets to the age to play video games it's gonna be nintendo i'm probably not gonna push i feel like microsoft has more of the adult games nintendo has more of the stepping stone games the battle star galaga and all those old games plus the marios and the the Yoshis and the Mario Kart, so it's a little more kid-friendly. So I definitely agree that's kind of the stepping stone into the video game world. Yeah, because the other day, about maybe like three weeks ago, I was hanging out with Rod, and we were doing the whole VR. And VR, that's totally different. Like, you don't even, you don't have, you don't even, you are the game itself. So versus you are looking at a game and you're playing the game, you are the game. It is alternate reality, virtual reality, and you are actually the one who's moving around. You're the one that's dancing. And I feel like that is the new thing now. And, you know, I think that Xbox, they kind of had the Xbox Connect, right? So they were trying to do that thing. And I know PlayStation and the PlayStation VR. And, I mean, for a while, I think that was Nintendo, Nintendo was the one that came out with, was that the original one where... You know, you had all the video games and you had the handhelds and you were doing stuff. I forgot what that console was called. Wii, uh, yes. Yeah, Wii. the Nintendo Wii. So I feel like that was kind of like their chance to do it. And then they just, I don't know if it's because the type of games, it was more of the kid games. It was more of the block party. Hey, let's get four players and we can all have like a game night and do it. But I feel like that's kind of was their last shot to do it. And especially now when you have the VR games with the different VR consoles, that's a totally different avenue where I think that the Sony's and I mean, it's just different. So again, I don't know where Nintendo falls into the hierarchy of all these games anymore. I definitely agree that what they have going for them is they have the classic titles that are just legends and aren't going anywhere. And that's carrying them right now. Yeah. Mario, Zelda, Donkey Kong. That's yeah. carrying the whole system. Yeah. I mean, maybe if there was a movie that came out. It's kind of like right now with all the movies that you're watching, especially the Marvels. You know, all they're doing is they're just going back and recreating stuff that they had before. So, again, maybe Nintendo needs just to come out with some sort of movie that has some of these characters just so that they can get people excited again. Like having a movie with Mario Brothers and... You know, having Princess and Toad and Bowser and just having something so that they can then open up to the video games and then they can start selling video games that way. But I don't know. I'm not them. Anything else you want to add? Nope, that's it. All right. So we're going to go with my story now. The title of my story is going to be This Guy Hasn't Played in the MLB Since 2001. But one team is paying him $1.2 million a year until 2035. So this is an article wow. that is by CNN's A.J. Willingham. 
and this story is about Bobby Bonilla. So, happy Bobby Bonilla Day. If you don't know who that is, allow us to introduce you to your new professional and financial role model. Bobby Bonilla is a retired MLB player who last took the field in 2001, but 20 years later is still getting paid $1.2 million a year by the New York Mets. In fact, he'll get paid $1,193,248.20 a year every year until 2035 when Bonilla is, get this, 72 entire years old. (laughs) At that point, the final sum will be $29.8 million paid for a sport Bobby Bonilla will not have played professionally for 34 years. The payout of the most clutch retirement plan in history happens every year on July 1st, a day when the baseball world stops to chuckle at what is either one of the worst or best sports contracts in history, depending on whether or not you're Bobby Bonilla. (laughs) How exactly did such a deal go down? Well, it involves Bernie Madoff. So I don't know if you guys know who Bernie Madoff is. He's pretty much the Ponzi scheme guy who tried to take people's money and tried to, you know, spin it off of other people and it just didn't work. And he went to jail for it. But anyways, in 1999, the New York Mets wanted to get rid of Bobby Bonilla, but still owed him almost $6 million on his contract. So just think, $6 million, and that's what they were trying to get rid of. Instead of paying him outright... Bonilla's agent, Dennis Gilbert, negotiated with the team to defer payments until 2011 with an 8% annual interest rate. When you calculate it out, that's a nice, generous $29.8 million sum. That seems like kind of a terrible deal for a team to pay almost five times the original amount of the contract. But here's the thing. One of the owners of the Mets, Fred Wilpon, was involved in Bernie Madoff's Ponzi scheme and believed he was getting huge returns from his investments that would far outweigh the eventual deferred cost of Bonilla's contract. Obviously, we all know that Madoff's scheme turned out, so unfortunately for the Mets, they never saw that return. Bobby Bonilla, however, will still see another $1.2 million in his account today. Cheers. So... (laughs) <laughs> I'm speechless. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. So I know one of the things that we've talked about in the past with financial literacy and investing is the power of compound interest. And compound interest can be bad when it's money that's owed that you owe somebody, but it could be good when it's money that you are owed, period. So I just find that this is just a numbers game. You know, you and again, I mean, back in what 2000 or 1999, $6 million was, I mean, $6 million, $6 million, it's not nothing to, to laugh or sneeze about. But if they would have just paid the $6 million on the spot, it would have been $6 million and that's it. This guy is going to be paid $29 million over the lifespan by just being patient, by playing the long game and saying, you know what? You can either pay me this now, but you know what? You don't want to pay this all to me now. Let's come up with a little payment plan, and we'll see how this goes. Now, it's interesting because 
also when you look up Bobby Bonilla Day, it will every year it'll end up looking at the payroll of the actual team. And Bobby Bonilla is one of the higher paid individuals every year. And he hasn't even played set foot a actual game in so many years. So I just think that that's a comical story. I got to give a lot of props to the agent who was able to to work with that and to negotiate it. And I think the New York Mets are are really killing themselves over that one. What are your takes on that article? I mean, it's very interesting. It makes you stop and think whenever you're thinking to yourself, oh, I'll buy this and just finance it and just agree the power of compound interest. Um, makes you rethink and makes you want to pay for things that you can afford and use that money and invest it and have the power of compound interest work for you instead of against you. I mean, they thought they were going to save the... 5.9 million upfront, and they would just worry about it 10 years from now when it's time to pay out. They were just thinking about it, let's worry about it later. That's what I always think about when we buy a new car. You see the flashy new lights and all the bells and whistles, and then the fancy car salesman comes by and talks about the easy payments you can make to afford and keep it up with your lifestyle. And in the long run, you're paying two, three times whatever you're financing. Wow. That's I wish I could get in on a deal like that, but be Bobby Bonilla. Like this guy, I'm looking at the top 30 salaries on the team, and he is almost at the halfway mark. Like he is like the 15th or 16th most paid player that's on the team right now, and the man doesn't even, hasn't even played forever. Like I'm looking at this, I, what I typed in was New York Mets payroll. And the the person who's getting paid the most right now is Robinson Cano. He's getting paid twenty four million as his base base payroll, and he's twelve point three percent of the payroll. And I'm looking at Bobby Bonilla. Oh, they don't calculate that because he's deferred, so he's not part of the active payroll. But what was he, the interest he said for him? Do you remember? Oh, it was eight percent. Here's the thing. That's the Mets' fault because if they took that $6 million, invested it, and got 10%, they would still come out ahead. Exactly. So and I think that's, that's what just... they were trying to do with that whole Bernie Madoff thing, but it just didn't work in their favor. So really, that's kudos to him for delayed gratification. He was able to keep up with his life and have that $6 million work for him. That's exactly what it is. That's impressive. He basically, in essence, invested $6 million at guaranteed 8%. That's awesome. Yeah, so, yeah, I thought when I saw that, because, again, it's every July 1st is considered Bobby Bonilla Day, and, again, he's going to be getting 1.2 every year until 2035. What's the, I mean, I guess we don't know the terms of the contract. What happens if he dies? The money, the contract disappears. No, I mean I think it's it's a contract, so it's, but it's to him. Does it go to him, and does it end when he dies, or does I it mean, go I'm, to the next living relative? I mean, it's still owed to him, so I mean I'm sure this is where the contract lawyers come in, and they have 
you know, maybe they do it to his estate, but that's monies that is, it's not like, it's not like when you get a contract and all of a sudden you retire, you don't get that money anymore. You forfeited. Like this is money. Like he was owed that 6 million and they're just prolonging the 6 million over years because I think they tried to uh, do a, they were supposed to buy him out because they just wanted to get rid of him. So they were, to get rid of him, they had to pay him six million to get rid of him because I think with baseball, your contracts are pretty much guaranteed. It's not like football where you get a contract and something happens and then you get hurt and then that's it or they can cut you. Like they're like basketball where if you have that contract, that money is owed to you and you you get it regardless. So he would still get it, but it would probably be well to his family somehow, or they'll probably set it up in a trust, but Again, I think that's pretty interesting to say the least. All right, man. So some final touch points you want to go back in. Again, I want to see how you are going to leave us with some words from your Nintendo stories. So give me a shot. Summarize. What do you want the audience to leave with with your Nintendo story? I'm going to be reaching for this one. There's yeah, let's see. No come on. Come on. You're not a resident anymore. Let's You're say, an attending, so come on. Um, always pay attention to technology. Be able to adapt. But don't let it take over your life. And if you have a chip, then ALEXA may be able to read your mind and be able to program everything that you have going on. Yep, exactly. Do you think it'll ever get to that point? Tough to say. I mean, think about it. When we were growing up, we were watching the Jetsons. The most technologically thing they had was, I mean, I guess they, we still don't have flying cars. We're still waiting for that. But they had the FaceTime. They had the video screens. They had their face popping up when they were talking to each other. And we thought that was so cool. So now whatever is on the TV show, it's just a matter of time before it becomes real. That's a good point. That's a good point. So for me... What I've got to say again is Bobby Bonilla and your lawyer, Matt props to you guys for being able to hustle the New York Mets out of $6 million and getting paid about $30 million out of that for the compound interest. I think that, you know, it's just a numbers game sometimes. And I think when it comes to our finances and when it comes to, you know, whether it's things that we are owed versus things that we may have to pay, there's something called deferred, delayed gratification. And I think that's kind of the game that we all play when it comes to retirement. You know, Putting in a little bit of money now, letting that money sit, and letting the power of compound interest, which again is one of the eighth wonders of the world, I think, you just let that sit and sit and sit, and you delay that gratification, you're going to be able to come out in the long run. So... I think this is something that we can look at from investing and when it comes to trying to take control of your livelihood and taking care of your future, a little bit now can go a long way. Yeah, I agree. All right, so what do you got going on for the rest of the week, my man? Uh, continue to study for the board. Study, study, study. Got to take them out. All right. And again, for us on this side, since it's Saturday coming up, you know, we'll be doing the normal routine. We'll be doing the working out. Then we'll do swimming lessons with Ophelia. 
do some grocery shopping. But we'll actually be getting ready for your party, which we'll be having at 4 o'clock. So that'll be something fun and exciting. Oh, yeah. Uh, and on Sunday, you know, we're going to have a bunch of my, my brothers. So you and then, you know, my in-law, brother-in-law, we're going to do some lunch. We're going to have our our second monthly, you know, guys brunch where we just hang out. We just talk about life, talk about you know, things like man, things about what you need to be as a man, talk about fatherhood, you know, all that good stuff. So hopefully we'll be able to have you come out to that and make, we can make this a tradition. Yes, sir. Alrighty. Well, MVP crew, thank you again for supporting us. Again, if you, you want to think of ways where you can continue to support us, please make sure that you subscribe to our MVP podcast. Again, you could find us in all of the major podcasting ventures. In addition to that, if you want to be able to send us any information, you can email us at marcelinbrothers at gmail.com. Or if you want to leave a comment or a suggestion onto whatever your favorite podcast app is, please feel free to leave a review. And if you haven't already done so, please make sure you are leaving us a five-star rating because we are five stars. So again, be like Jenny. Give us a five-star rating. And maybe you'll be fan number fan number two in the MVP crew. All right. Go, Jenny. All right, man. So it's getting late. Let me let you get out of here. I'll see you tomorrow. MVP, thank you again. Until next time, take it easy. Enjoy the weekend. And... Make sure you have some fun and do something worthwhile, all right? Definitely. Have a good one. Later. Thanks for listening to the Marston Brothers Podcast. And remember, do work and make a difference in somebody's life.